Good morning. It's Thursday morning. It's Jeremy Warner. It's Derek Piper. We're live on our YouTube channel. Thank you to all our podcast listeners for downloading us and listening to us this morning as we got to talk about Illinois basketball defeating Valencia 105 to 60. Uh, Derek, I, I went back, watched some of this. Uh, our producer, Isaac Ambrose, screen recorded it for me so I could go back and, and dive into the, the film of the camera in the corner. But it was good to see Illinois basketball on a noon of a Wednesday with 25 to 2,600 other fans tuning into this. Do you think Illinois basketball is a big deal around here or what, Derek? I would say so. I think that we were happy. I know a lot of fans out there went into the trip pretty um, just wondering that we get to see anything. Like what would the highlight packages look like? We knew that we'd get some box scores, but I uh, didn't know that we'd get a stream. So shout out to those that made it happen over there in Valencia. And the quality was was pretty good uh, yeah. as much as we could really expect. And I know that you joked yesterday that, hey, they don't probably know what's coming in terms of the volume <laughs> of, of watchers. They could crash this thing. And it could I was hoping be- the servers would hold up at Valencia, and then they did. So kudos to them. Yeah, it could be well-intentioned. Like, here's a stream that lasts for five minutes because then it gets crashed. But, uh, yeah, Atlanta basketball, uh, pretty passionate following. And, I mean, that we see that with uh, the – the numbers that we do on these these pods and we appreciate that but uh, a lot of viewers yesterday and, and illinois did put on a show yeah so let, let's start here derek we got we got to put this qualifier out there of that valencia team was not all that good um just just watching them illinois had the huge size athletic advantage but there there's still a lot to gain but uh, the competition didn't look as strong in this one Mike Latulip was texting me, and he was he was digging back through the pictures that Nebraska posted, and he's like, "There just can't be any way that this is the same team that lost by three to the Huskers." And and then looking at the difference in the jerseys and some of the the faces of, of the guys that were against Nebraska versus this one, fair to say that's not the same team, at least not the same collection of players fully that uh, Nebraska faced. Again, like Illinois should be a lot better than Nebraska. Nebraska didn't have Tominaga. Uh, in their game so right. understandable while that close that score was probably a little bit more closer for than uh, what would have been comfortable for Nebraska but yeah not the same team and I mean Illinois could have played anybody even the the bottom of the the D1 ranks and, and gotten a better game but it's just kind of the it's kind of just what you expect going over here on some of these overseas games and it's yeah. more about yourself it's more about doing you know getting some confidence for guys running through some stuff offensively uh and we'll break it all down but it wasn't the best competition Illinois should have dominated they did which is good and uh there's a lot of things that we can kind of pinpoint and and talk about yeah uh I want to bring this up first I have no questions about Terrence Shannon the player right that the talent the athleticism the the drive uh, what I want to see this year, we've talked about it for a year now, is assertiveness. And boy, did we see assertive Terrence Shannon yesterday. Had 23 points in the first half, got another easy one early in the third quarter. Brett was like, you're good. You're good. He called him a beluga the day before, and now he's a barracuda. And I love the meme that, of course, Brad Underwood put together himself. Uh, they put out there on Twitter. But 25 points on 10 of 14 shooting, made all three of his free throws, two steals. Did that all in, in 15 minutes, Derek. Um, he's really good. So I, I don't know if we have a big takeaway there, but I love when Terrence Shannon's assertive, he can be an All-American. Absolutely. And, and send a thank you card down to – those in Orlando who didn't give him that guarantee early second round to make sure that Terrence came back to Illinois for another season. Of course, thank the the people that put together the NIL package that made him satisfied and what that looked like coming back to Illinois as well. Cause it is 
a guy that was first team all big 10 last year uh, and can should be that again zach Eady's going to be hard to top in terms of player of the year in the league but he can be when he's at his best one of the best there is in college basketball so uh and yeah i think that again the competition is still something that you got to take into account but for him to dominate and transition the way that he did i think that this team wants to be able to run more than they did last year just more consistent in terms of getting up and down the floor and and they were able to play into that one thing we're going to talk about is just how disruptive illinois was defensively really in both of these games i know we didn't get to see the madrid game on monday but they had 16 steals in that one 19 in this and it lets one of the most if not the most explosive player in the big 10 get out and run and attack the rim caught a couple of lobs and uh, one thing too that we've come back to a lot with Terrence is there are moments last year where he kind of took a back seat where you you needed a guy to step up and, and stop a run from the other team or yeah. just insert himself into a game to really make his presence felt and Valencia really the one time outside of the opening tip where they made it close they're fed to about a five-point game there early second quarter and Terrence buries back-to-back threes uh, puts Illinois back up in terms of being double digits and it, it was never close after that so that, that's what you want out of your star and he has, in terms of his production, looked like one throughout the first two games. Yeah, and this team in transition could be very dangerous when you have Terrence Shannon, Sincere Harris, Coleman Hawkins, uh, Quincy Guerriere even. Um, Gibbs-Lawhorn. Yeah, Gibbs-Lawhorn, Justin Harmon. In tra- like this, when this team defends like that and gets in transition. The other thing that sticks out from a positive perspective here, Derek, is 11 turnovers compared to the previous game where it felt like it was closer to 30. Uh, but 20 assists to 11 turnovers – just better handling the ball. Like, again, the competition did not really stress them all that much, but it was just a little cleaner. It was. There was a little bit of a stretch there where they got kind of sloppy. Uh, Dane had a couple of moments where he over-dribbled, trying to make plays in the high post. Yeah. And, but for the most part, it, it was – you know, it's easier when you're, you're pretty much playing breakaway basketball and, and able to create those turnovers and get out on runouts and have those advantages to not turn the ball over. But uh, just in general, you could, you could tell they got – a little bit more just collective and and more settled in this game. I, it makes sense going on a trip like this. Your first game's a little sloppy, and the uh, 21 turnovers in the first one against Madrid certainly um, showed that. But, yeah, a lot more of a – and the assist numbers. like it was I think it was 10 assists to 21 turnovers in the first one. You flip that around 20 to, to 11 in this one. That's, that's more clean basketball. That's what you expect. It really for a team that – I know that Marcus Tomas is not out there, but – a more experienced team that's that should be the result of just having more experienced guys it's, they should be more steady and, and have less of those sloppy mistakes those freshman mistakes and, and you saw that with a lower turnover number, number in this game I'll give you the floor Derek I got some notes jotted down of a couple phrases here but uh, you watch this game more intensely than me what stood out most to you I think first and foremost is the athleticism and last year it was I remember seeing I don't know if it was the first exhibition game. I think it was when we finally got to see the team assembled as it was and just the the infusion of length and athleticism uh, that Brad Underwood made with his roster last year, bringing in Terrence, bringing in Matthew Meyer, and all of a sudden Illinois looks a whole lot different in terms of the size at all positions and just how athletic they were. I mean, Terrence walked in the building. He was, what, the most athletic player Illinois had since at least probably like Brandon Paul. If you want to go farther back, you know, and Brian he's Randall, just bigger. Athletic. He's big, like he's just way bigger than him. He looks like an NFL tight end, right? Um, right. Ravante Rice was a really good athlete, but yeah, I mean, to the size and athleticism combo. Like Bertrand was was really athletic, but not yep. that size. Um, 
it's it's a freight train. He's a freight train, man. Absolutely. So for him, I mean, he's going to pop anytime he's out there. Uh, and I think this is a more athletic team when you have the way that Dane's progressed athletically. I mean, he's he's able now to take power dribbles and just dunk on people. And he mm-hmm. was doing that. Now we'll see when he goes up against uh, Cliff Amori, when he goes up against, obviously, Edie, um, other Big Ten caliber bigs that are going to challenge him more. But he just looks more fluid. He's stronger. You hear that. Uh, I like the way that he's moving. Sincere is a long way away from early games last year where he's, he goes up and he just can't finish a dunk, maybe get stuffed by the rim. I mean, he's elevating with ease now uh, in terms of getting above the rim. And uh, I just think that that really showed with how athletic they are. And it plays defensively, too. I thought they had a lot of tenacity defensively, really just imposed their will and made Valencia uncomfortable with their ball pressure, active hands, jumping passing lanes. You see that with the – the 19 steals. Valencia probably had 30 turnovers. Like, yeah. and some of that was just the fact that they stank. They they, <laughs> they were bad. They were just completely overmatched. But uh, I like that Illinois kept the pedal to the metal on them, even though the score got way out of hand. They just continued to attack them. And I think this team can be pretty d- disruptive defensively. Like Brad's had some good defensive teams. You look at their metrics, even last year. I know it, it tailed off down the stretch of last season, but they were top 30 defensive team and you look at efficiency nationally and this team can be in that same type of realm and I think that maybe they can even be a little bit more opportunistic in creating turnovers and and jumping those passing lanes because it's sincere Gibbs Lawhorn's got great instincts and athleticism and we know that Terrence with his twitchiness and length that that certainly showed now we'll see it against more athletic teams but that's something that definitely jumped off the screen when watching yeah one of my notes is just size and athleticism this team has a lot of it and um you know i know a lot of big 10 teams are athletic but you got to be it and in illinois for for a lot of time that we covered it there we're not big and athletic they are now uh, even when you see sincere harris justin Harmon, dre gibbs allhorn those guys can all dunk at the rim right pretty easily um so, so to have those guys that you hope can finish i'd like to see ty rogers finish a little bit more with authority at the rim uh we'll get into him here in a little bit but um the, the front court, I think, is a huge strength. Just, I, I think, I know they're playing Valencia, but they have dominated the glass the last two games, as they should. But this team should be one of the best rebounding teams in the Big Ten, and they should be one of the best defensive teams in the Big Ten, which they, they're going to get in some rock fights. They're going to get in some Bruce Weber-like clashes this year, uh, Derek, but that means I think they're going to be in a lot of games. They're going to have a chance to win a lot of games because I think their defense has a, has a really high floor. Yeah, I agree. And you can be able to battle some foul trouble down low if you need to because of the different ways, the depth that you have, different pairings down low. You want to play Dane and Coleman together, put Coleman at the five. And I think that while Coleman doesn't have the traditional physicality of a five-man in the Big Ten, I think you can put Gary A at the four Mm -hmm. and be someone that can really get after it physically and on the glass, and that helps. And and Damascus can slide to the four. Uh, Hansberry, I mean, he – Look at him, eight offensive rebounds yesterday, 13 points. He was just, he was productive and, and one of the standouts of that game. I do think that in talking to Fletch, he talks about transforming his body, and it does show that Hansberry needs to get some more strength because on some of his finishes or at least attempted finishes, you can tell – I mean, he might be rushing things a little bit. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that sees competition in front of him, can be an excitable freshman putting on the, the jersey and, and playing in game action for the first time with Illinois. Uh, maybe he just – gets ahead of himself but there were times where you could tell finishing wise probably needs some more added strength there I just think he can be a dirty work big man it's usually like to have one of those in your rotation or just as an option on a reserve in the front court and 
Uh, last year, they were really, really good two-point defense without Kofi. I mean, Dane's got that long wingspan. He does need to improve in the drop coverage uh, based on what he showed last year. But Coleman blocking shots, Terrence blocking shots. Wouldn't be surprised if Gibbs Lawhorn's a guy or Sincere's a guy that flies down from the wing and uh, helps side contest at the, at the rim too. So, yeah, defense should be a strength and, and rebounding too because of the physicality and the just the experience. Quincy Guerriere is not going to be a star. He was one of six. I, I really got frustrated with him finishing the other day with a lot of Illini players just finishing around the rim. But he's so good on the glass. He's pretty good defensively. He had two blocks yesterday. I, I think he can guard threes at times, and I think he can guard fives at times. I think he's going to be a really solid role player for Illinois um, and, and gives you that depth up front that allows you to not have to play Hansberry, Derek. But I do think Hansberry can play. I, I think he can be... You know, Benjamin Bossman's Verdant came in two years ago and was a really important role player that could come in and give you minutes when Kofi was out of the game. Like, I think Hansbury can be that five to ten minute a game guy who can do some of those dirty work things you're doing. So to have that on top of, I want to mention, Coleman Hawkins was fantastic yesterday. Um, and that's the kind of play you need from Coleman Hawkins. What do you have? Um, seven points, nine rebounds, five assists, one turnover, one block, one steal. Yeah, that, that, that's what I want from Coleman Hawkins, just impacting the game in every way. So you put that with Dane Danger. You know, Ty Rogers obviously is playing more guard now, but that that's a really good front court. You had the shooting with Luke Goody, too. Yeah, and, and that's that line for Coleman, that balance, and then having low turnover number. You'll take that any time. Um, and he was able to knock down a three. I know the first game 0 for 4 from deep, and we will. A lot of fans getting, getting uh, antsy about those three-point numbers. We will dive into those, but – uh, yeah, Coleman being able to just be that versatile piece in the front court. I can do a lot of different things. Hansberry, a top 50 caliber recruit coming in, and, and usually those guys are expected to play early on, and he's got a lot of traffic in front of him. And, and in terms of, I agree, kind of the same role that Bossman's Verdonk had. Amani's a lot more skilled and talented. Should be, I mean, Bossman really struggled to finish. I think that Amani, while I said he does need to get stronger, Mm-hmm. I think he's more offensively talented. I know he is. Uh, now, BBV was was built for Baywatch, and I know that Amani not quite there yet um, in terms of, like, those battles physically. But, uh, I mean, Gary A is a, a grown man. I mean, he looks like he's 30-plus. I mean, he, he could be as old as, as me and you. Uh, and uh, look at – if you want to go back and look at the NIT game against Wisconsin, like, he drew a lot of the assignment against Tyler Wall, who's really well-respected player in this league. And, I mean – he made life difficult just because he's a guy that can hold his ground defensively. He can play that four against some of those back-to-the-basket guys, can slide into a small ball five. He did guard some wings against Oregon. Now, some of those quicker twitch can be uh, a problem for him because he's not as as rangy as some of those those wings out there. I think Damask is another one that probably isn't – that's why you really need Terrence to, to yeah. match some of those real explosive slashing wings, but – yeah, in the front court, they got they got that depth and rebounding should be a strength. Defense, and you certainly like that. We'll get to some of our live YouTube watchers. Your questions, you can send those comments in live here on the YouTube channel if you'd like. We'll get to those in a little bit. We'll get to some concerns, uh, which starts with the the offensive side of the ball and uh, point guard, which I think we all expected at this point. But before that, I want to tell everybody about. BetterHelp. This episode of the Illini Inquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices, guys, and the path isn't always clear. This can be with some major life changes. Going away to college, that was difficult. Hitting the real world on your own. Relationships with the significant others. 
or if you're struggling as a parent, whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, family, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while navigating life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule, so you don't have to drive to the office or anything like that. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you don't mesh with them, you can switch therapists. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini and uh, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Illini. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, Derek, let's talk a little bit about um, the concerns. And I, I think we can call these concerns because we saw a practice. We know what the roster is. And now we've seen a box score from a game, and we got to see this last game as well. Shooting is a concern. Six for 28 from three in this game. And again, they struggle from the free throw line. Yet again, 15 of 27. Do they have enough shooters, Derek? I think it's a, a very valid question, and one that's not going to have an answer for a while. And I don't think we can draw grand conclusions yet at this point in the offseason. And it's worth questioning and wondering. I don't think it's going to be a strength. I, I don't think that th free throw shooting and, and three-point shooting is going to be a, a big strength for this team. Now, I'm not going out on a limb for a team that in two games in Spain shot 17% from three. I mean, they were three for 25 in the first one. A little bit improved yesterday. Terrence uh, with – with back-to-back -back threes, as I've mentioned, but outside of Terrence, everybody else was four for 24. Uh, no Marcus Damask. I think he's going to be a an asset as a three-point shooter. I mean, he's a career 36% three-point shooter, and it's a guy that's been the focal point of those offenses at SIU. So now as a secondary piece, not the focus of an off of a defense, I think he'll get some better looks and can be even more efficient. We know Luke Goody, a full season of him, can help. So I think it, the question is, are they once again going to be one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country, in the Big Ten, or can they be hovering around average? Now, I will say, like, between the, the transfers they brought in, Gary A., Damask, and Harmon, they all shot between 34 35% from three last year, which is pretty solid. You'll take that. Terrence can be more consistent, you hope. Uh, Coleman, we'll see. I mean, that's, that's still something that has to be proven. Jacobs Lawhorn shot it really well on the overtime elite circuit. But uh, when you look back at some of his AAU stuff, when I saw him, he can be streaky. And he was yeah. one for eight from three yesterday. So uh, I'm still questioning that. I do think, like you said, 
they're going to be in some rock fights because you're going to have some some poor shooting nights just based on you don't have a if there's one I don't know if it's a criticism it could be as this thing progresses but one question I would would say is and we've hit on this before based on the results last year you I would have thought they'd go and target a knockdown yeah. bona fide just sniper in the portal like a plumber can you find the next Andrew Funk they, they didn't do that but uh, does that hurt them? Is that something that, in hindsight, maybe they wish they did? Yes, you can sacrifice some defense with that, but I, I don't know. It's not super encouraging right now at the three-point shooting, and it can can lead to some some tough things offensively when teams yeah. pack the pain and, and don't respect you from three. I'm going to point him out just because, like, it's an example. Like, Justin Harmon does some things I like. I think he's going to contribute to this team – off the bench, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, Derek. And there's defensively, I like him. He had three assists, 10 points yesterday, one turnover. So there is some playmaking. Um, I have not seen him be a good shooter yet uh, in the time that I've seen him, but I've, I've small sample size. He had a, a high turnover rate. So it's a solid you know, backup off guard, but this team needs a point guard or a knockdown shooter. So like that's what I think you would have prioritized that a little bit more. Not to say that Justin Harmon can't help this team, but it feels like Sincere Harris can play some of that role, right? Dre Gibbs Allhorn can play some of that role. I don't expect Gibbs Allhorn to, to shoot eight threes in a game very often. Um, he, he got the green light late in that game. Sincere Harris has been chucking a little bit. Uh, I don't expect him. He probably shouldn't shoot as much as he does, but I do like his confidence compared to what he was last year. And, and these are what this these games are for. I think we've seen Goody is a good shooter. You know, Terrence Shannon, when he's on, we know he can be good. Komenakis does have to prove it, but I do like that he was one for two yesterday. Um, maybe shooting it a little bit less and, and creating is better for him. But, yeah, like you, you combine – they kind of go hand in hand, right, because – you get open. You get better open shots when you have better point guard situation. And let, let's get into Ty Rogers because I I put during the first half I'm watching this. I just wrote down Ty Rogers still looks uncomfortable. Derek, what have you seen? What did you see from him yesterday? He's still rough around the edges in terms of being a point guard and, and just finding that that rhythm that he has to have and, and in terms of facilitating, just looking comfortable at that spot. And you do look one for six from the field. I wanted to see him get that left hand at the rim on the on the other side. He's not using it. He, he's still. I was going to bring that up, Derek. We saw the right hand yet again. He's and he. I, I I'm struggling with him more about struggling to finish at the rim. I, I mentioned it when they moved him to point guard. Like, listen, he's not going to become a three point shooter. Like I've seen people tweet, he needs to shoot threes. He's not. He's not good at it. But what he does need to do with his size, his athleticism. He should be able to finish at the rim. He was fifty something percent last year, fifty eight percent at the rim. Like that's that's like small guard type numbers. And then he's going to get to the free throw line a lot. He needs to make more free throws. Um, so those are my concerns with him. Like I don't I don't need him to shoot threes, but I do need him to not turn it over a lot. And I need him to finish at the rim and make sixty plus percent of his free throws. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I think that again, I mean, he's he's someone that is going to be able to get really where he wants to go off the dribble I think he's very fluid I think he's more agile than he was last year he's still very strong and that's that's great and he did have some some games where he really did a good job in the pick and roll getting to the basket and he did finish decently like you said on the whole there were times that he, he left some points out there especially on that left side where he's contorting the body and he's still doing that now again I'm not it's easy for me to say I, I can't say I had the best left hand as a right-hand right dominant player. I think a lot of us can relate to those 
those left hand finishes. But then again, I mean, it's a different level of basketball, and you right. want that development there. So, uh, and then like mid range jumper, I think he's been. A, we've seen, we saw him take one in the, the open practice. He made one from like 12, 15 feet. Takes a baseline jumper yesterday. He misses it. It was decently online. It's just not a shot. He's probably going to take a whole lot. No, I don't think he's going to take many threes. And I wouldn't want him to take many threes. I, I just don't think that that's there in his game right now. So. Uh, for him to be the most effective at point guard, he's got to, like you said, go to the basket and be able to convert both finishing and then when he gets to the free throw line, which is still – the free throw line especially is, is still a decent question. And I, I think to kind of tie it back to what we were just talking about, I, I think a lot of – obviously they've put in a lot of emphasis and a lot of eggs into Ty Rogers at point guard basket. And part of that just philosophy or, or – emphasis of what they're going to do is got to put shooting around them mm -hmm. so you got to have the shooting to open the floor for ty ty's got to be able to finish at the rim to be able to be most effective with with shot making potentially around him that's got to mesh and, and play out so illinois does have to be more efficient with their shooting ty's got to be more steady on the ball i thought he got better in the third quarter so after halftime thought he made some more plays that were encouraging versus the early stretches were a little rough and uh, on the whole he based on what we saw last week in the open practice. And then yesterday, he's, he still has a ways to go, yeah. which I know is it, – it's kind of expected, but then you That's wonder what, how much progress he can make in, in these next three months, and he needs to make it. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's what's great about these opportunities, right? You have these 10 practices, you have these couple games to at least get them a little bit more comfortable. Did have three assists to one turnover, shot three or four from the free throw line. Those are encouraging. My biggest is the finishing at the rim, one of six, all those basically at the rim. Um, so that that's my biggest thing is, yeah, he does need to, to work on that left hand. He doesn't need to be stronger around the hoop because he can get there. Like you said, Derek, he can get to the rim. You got to cash in, whether it's making three of every four free throws or it is – you know, making more 60-something percent of your layups. Last year, he shot 59% at the rim. I think that needs to be closer to, like, two two out of three, 66% or something like that. I don't know what that averages out to, but every every shot attempt at the rim, Ty Rogers should be getting, like, 1.3 points. And I think he should be getting uh, a pretty good clip at the rim. Um, what would you make of Dre Gibbs-Allhorn? There, there was some good there. There was some exciting there. Uh, there's also some freshmen there. I, th I mean, he had the, the play of the day late in the game with the steal, spin move to ev evade the defender, and then the windmill dunk transition was just – was awesome. And, and if you were at the office, you were trying to, like, discreetly watch, like, oh, snap, and everybody's looking at you like, uh, I'll put it in a memo. I, I don't know. I don't want to have anybody miss out on what I just uh, stumbled upon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, off the dribble, he can create his own shot because he, he's just very dynamic. I think he's a very dynamic player. Uh, quick twitch, uh, good with the handle, and uh, even hit a runner in the lane that I liked. I think that's something that he can do. Uh, one for eight from three. I, I, like you said, I, he's probably not going to take that many threes in a, in a game, and I do think that there'll be nights where he knocks down four of them, and, and some maybe where he's a little bit more inconsistent, and that's, that's pretty standard for a freshman as well. Um, I think there were a couple of freshman-like mistakes. He started at point guard, uh, had, a, had a turnover, and just some of the decision-making is a little – uh, a, a little looks like a freshman and that's the thing with Ty and again we're not we're not already saying that Ty's not going to be what you want a point guard but Dre's your next in line and if Ty isn't best suited for point guard or, or whatever it may be you're, you're back to really trust in a freshman and you got it you know that comes with the roller coaster but uh, I also love like Dre steals wise instincts wise uh, he's, he's an aggressive defender and I think that maybe he'll get out of position and, and gamble a little bit but 
he's someone that can be an impact guy there because he has everything athletically that you want to be someone that can get the ball and go the other way. I love him in the open court. I think he's yeah. he's great. He's explosive and he's someone that can handle and dish it. He's exciting. Uh, we were joking about the offseason. We should do a, a, a segment called Nico Nuggets because people are, are so interested in Nico Moretti because they need a point guard, and, and he's a point guard, and uh, he looks like one, uh, especially offensively. Four assists, two turnovers, made a three. Uh, one of only a couple players to make a three the other day. Um, I have huge questions about what he can do defensively in the Big Ten, but uh, what would you make of Nico Moretti's 17 minutes? Offensively, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, four assists. Uh, he hit Terrence on a, a lob. I mean, he threw just a couple of steps inside a half court and hit Terrence on that kind of baseline cut. And then uh, there was another uh, baseline gets off a pick and roll and sincere cuts down from the, from the baseline. I know that we, we talked about this before uh, the pod and, and not to go tangent here. Cause I do want to hit on Moretti, but in general, I just like that Illinois is cutting a little bit more. Like that was something like this were so stagnant offensively last year, but as you get off the wing, I, they're seeing opportunities to cut to the basket, and that was good. And Moretti was seeing that. That's yeah, my, my note was a lot of baseline dunks, which is cutting. And I, I can't tell you how many times I did a film room with Michael Tilby. He's like, somebody cut. Just cut <laughs> to the basket. Um, so to see that, that, that's a nice – and that's where – I mean, we we make the Taze Moore, Sincere Harris com- comparison all the time. Sincere Harris can get a lot of points off just cutting to the rim and finishing because he can elevate so quickly. Like, that's that's a good part of his game. So, you know, sitting out in the corner shooting threes, I don't know if that's his game, but he's got to, got to make it respectable every once in a while. If he can shoot around 30%, I think he'd take it. But those baseline you know, cuts into dunks, man, that, that could be his game. Absolutely. And, yeah, as we talk about Ty trying to settle into this point guard role, I mean, Nico's a natural point guard. He's, he's yes. been one his entire life. I think he's pretty talented with his handle, with his vision. Uh, also was able to pop a three when his defender goes under a ball screen and he was able to make that shot. Defensively, he got attacked. Like, it seemed like Valencia, for his not very effective as their entire offensive uh, execution was, they wanted to go at Nico and found success doing that. Now he did have three steals, but I just wonder, can he guard anybody in the Big Ten at this yeah. point? I, he's pretty slender still. He's not the best athlete, and he's going to have to show he can at least be serviceable defensively to play in meaningful games. And right now I, I question that uh, quite a bit, but it's still something that he can work on in the coming months. And and I, I've said throughout the offseason, I still think he's a year away yeah. um, really from being – a a piece in that in that rotation that's going to be solidified there and, and that's more physical development uh hopefully more progression defensively that, that that's really the probably the difference in whether he can play some spot minutes for you or whether you're just going to wait on that uh anything else that that stuck out i mean luke goody's been shooting it well and rebounding well on this trip i, I think he's so important uh, to his team. We were talking about shooting struggles. I, I don't have any concerns with him. We haven't mentioned Dane Danger. I mean, he should dominate on these, but um, we saw him at practice, man. His body looks so much better. Uh, he's improved a lot in that regard. And uh, as you said earlier, I think he looks more explosive. He's a huge part of this team. Like, so how, how he plays, whether it's off the bench or whatever, um, he, he's a really good, good player. He's, he's one, probably one of the top four players on this team, maybe top three. Right. Yeah, I think it's it can be easy, and I'll admit I'm I'm one of those that I made my starting five. I, I put Gary at the four and Coleman at the five. I think the staff likes that dynamic and likes Coleman at the five, probably just the way it works with spacing, especially with Ty at, at the point guard. But Dane maybe gets a little overlooked at times, and he 
really has still only played one full season. And yes, his body definitely looks different and he is stronger and he is more explosive. I think his, his uh, capacity in terms of like endurance is better. Yeah. I, like the way he, he had a chase down block yesterday that you just didn't expect to see that at all from him last year. That was good. And, uh, and he's dominated inside. Like he's supposed to in these games. I know you look at the stat line, he only had 10 points, five, five field goals. So, uh, he drew a lot of fouls. I think that he could have been more productive uh, if they wanted to go to him more or if he he didn't get fouled as much. Yes, he's another guy that has to hit free throws at a higher rate. But when you have 16 points, 15 rebounds in the first game, he came back and was kind of overwhelming people. Uh, and this one, one play that stood out, Coleman on that high-low pass down to Dane. Dane takes that one dribble, just squares up and just dunks all over a guy. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a pretty nice play. And um, – Again, more battles coming up for him, but good indications early on. I mean, he's, he's going to be a 20, 25-minute-a-game guy, regardless, off off the bench, starting, whatever. Yeah, and you could do the Purdue thing where, you know, um, you bring Danger off the bench, and it's like, oh, there's a kind of an all-Big Ten caliber guy coming off the bench, and that I, I, I got to deal with that um, coming off the bench as a scorer, as a rebounder. You bring that energy in right away. And, and whether it's Domask or Goody, like – that that's some offense that that you can bring off the bench, especially you know Ty Rogers probably going to be the starting point guard here. Um, probably don't want to start Dane in that group. You can bring Gibbs Lawhorn in. Like that becomes an interesting uh, second group if if Danger is that guy. And I, I think he, I I think he should be because I, I think offensively with with Shannon Hawkins, Gary Air, whether it's Domask or Goody and Rogers, I think got enough. But uh, I, I think that's a good group. And um, I, I keep coming back to like. There's a lot on Brad Underwood to figure out this rotation right and to figure out how they succeed offensively because I think they're going to succeed rebounding and defense. I have no question about two of the major parts of the game. Just offensively, how do you create shots? How do you make enough shots? Yeah, and I think that at, probably as much as anything, what the staff is trying to, to really evaluate is like what groups are developing that chemistry. Like who plays well together? How do we mix and match lineups? And yeah, I mean, that's a, a really good point. I know that uh, we just had a tech or a question about that. I was going radio mode. I was going to say text line, but it was on the, the YouTube chat that uh, well, Dane and Rogers can they play together? I think ideally, in terms of like floor spacing, you, you'd like DGL probably at the point guard with Dane. I'd say that Rogers and, and Dane can't play some together, but you do have two non shooters in that type of sense, and you, you wonder about that. Uh, but you can just play a, a different style of basketball when Dane's in the court. He can maybe even settle you a little bit offensively because you can throw it to him on the block and. We know that he's he's very skilled and a little bit more powerful now. So uh, he's he's a nice piece. And yeah, I mean, I think the Travion Williams type of yeah. change-up comp is is very uh, notable, and it's something that the Brad Brad's gonna have options, like you said. It's just finding the right way to to play them, who to allocate minutes to, and I, I think the great thing is competition. Like anybody that doesn't bring it or is making too many mistakes or is in a rut, like you. Can, push a different button with this team i think that's a that's a great thing to have yeah um so we'll get some of your questions before we get out of here cubs fan seven living the high life right now i get that they're athletic not just green but i also think any legit big 10 team better look athletic against the type of team they played in valencia uh, yeah i get that point there but we, we've seen illinois teams of the past even the number one seed they were not this big long and athletic now that team could shoot the ball this team because cannot shoot the ball they have point guard questions that team had an overflow of point guards right with with Frazier DeSumo and Curbelo uh so they're due two different problems to have but um this team 
I've said it looks like the Michigan State teams uh, of Izzo every year has all these bigs, all this athleticism. Um, Illinois needs to answer these other questions, but they, they look like a Michigan State Izzo team to me. I agree with that. I think they even got some SEC to them. I, yeah. I think you can say, you know, Arkansas has been a team that's had a, a bunch of athleticism, not great shooting teams. I, I put the stat in my takeaways in terms of teams that haven't shot the three very well but can still make the Sweet 16. The, the the percentages aren't aren't great. You want to shoot at thirty two percent and above to really give yourself the best chance. But Arkansas has been a team that's found a way to to not have great three point numbers, but their athleticism and defense has been able to get them there. And obviously, uh, the must bust roles in March too. That's that's been a good thing for them. But uh, I think that this team has some of that to them. You'd like to pair it with some better three point shooting. But yeah, I think yeah. Michigan State's a great comp in terms of the the front court just physicality just feels like you got grown men down there and, and athletes. I mean, you think about miles bridges and, and I mean, we could go through it, a number of those that were Aaron there Henry. For, yeah. Yeah. For, uh, for Izzo and company, but yes, I agree that most big 10, all big 10 teams would have looked good. Although the jury's a little out in terms of the difference between this Valencia against Nebraska. I think it was a lot different. Most big 10 teams, if not all would look pretty good against this Valencia team, but Illinois, yeah, definitely very athletic. I mean, they were overwhelming, like Wisconsin, some of those other teams last year with that athleticism. I think they can do that again. Uh, Cubs fan seven again. If this team can't shoot again, they're not built for March, regardless of athleticism defense. I, I mean, I agree. You, you mentioned the stat there, Derek. They they have to shoot better. Um, there's really not anywhere to go but up. I would think twenty nine point one percent from three during conference play last year. I'm looking at the median number uh, in the Big Ten. Maryland shot 34.5%. Purdue, which you think of as a, a good shooting team, shot 34.1%. Those were the two middle teams. I don't even know if like my goal would be that for Illinois, but if you can get to 34%, I think this team can compete for a Big Ten championship. I think their defense and rebounding is going to be that good. But if you're at 33.5% like Wisconsin was last year or Northwestern was at 33%, like how do you get there? It's by Terrence Shannon shooting 35 to 36%. It's Coleman Hawkins shooting over 30%. It's all these transfers shooting their career numbers, which is around 35 to 38%. And Goody being available, right? Because he's probably a 40% uh, level three-point shooter. And then you just hope Sincere Harris and, and Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn don't don't take you down too much. Uh, I think Gibbs-Lawhorn can be a positive there. But um, that all has to happen. That, that, that Those things have to happen. And can they do that? with defenses, you know, knowing who the shooters are on the court. Like, you need everybody to chip in and elevate their game and just a little bit. Everyone's got to elevate their percentages just a little bit. The ingredients are there to be better than last year. Now, yes. again, we're talking about 335th out of 363 teams in three-point shooting last year. Like, they were they were awful. I mean, the mask – If everyone Gary shoots a, their averages – sorry to interrupt. If everyone shoots their averages, they're in that 34% range, right? Right, right. I mean – Damas, Gary A, even Harmon. Harmon was a lower – I mean, he took only, I think, two threes a game. But those guys would have led you in three-point percentage last year. I mean, take out Goody, who only played the last start of the season. Like, 34 35% from three would have been your most efficient three-point shooter. Uh, I think that, again, Gibbs-Lawhorn isn't, isn't a capable three-point shooter. I think he can help you there. I think he'll shoot it better than Epps did on the season. Uh, that would be my expectation as of right now. Uh, and then, yeah, Goody's availability helps you uh, a decent amount. I think another thing 
Like, how many threes do you take? That was another problem for Illinois last year. They were a horrible three-point shooting team, and they took a ton of them. Yes. So how do you approach that differently if you're not shooting the three well? Can you get downhill more? Can you play in transition more? Can your defense be that disruptive that you're playing an open court, fast break game? You don't have to shoot a ton of threes. I think that's another thing that you can try to make up for a, a lack of, of three-point shooting by just playing on the fast break and creating turnovers and slashing to the rim. So uh, I know slashing teams get to the free throw line a lot. You got to shoot the free, the free throw well too. But, uh, and again, we're, we're still so early. We don't know exactly how it'll play out three-point shooting wise. I don't think, again, you'll be a top five, top seven, maybe even three-point percentage team. But there are different ways just than the percentage last year. Like how many do you take? How much can you play in transition? That stuff can be different too. Oh, no, it was 319th in the country. Uh, or wait, let's go here. Uh, 335th in the country in, in three-point percentage last year. They shot the 16th most frequent amount of three-pointers. Like that was that was like if you're not a good three-point, don't shoot as many threes. Like I understand the math of everything, but if you're not good at them, like Terrence Shannon, you can shoot some runners. Sincere Harris attacked the rim, and I, listen, I know they're not a good free-throw shooting team, and that, that that's a big issue. But uh, that was as big of a problem as any. Like that's why I dealt with Matthew Meyer and his threes because at least he made them when he got hot. Um, some of the other guys though, it's just like stop chucking them up. Um, let's get a couple more. Andrew Deff asks, I really enjoyed DGL and Hansberry the most. I really felt those guys were best candidates to learn something from yesterday. Other than that, it was nice to see a full team practice outside of Domask, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think there's – the great part is I, I don't think you're relying on Hansberry. We've mentioned that. But DGL, he, he's going to have to play that that Jade Nepps kind of role. Like, they, they need him to be that kind of productive player whether it's the starting guard or not at some point during the year, we'll have to play out, but they do need production from him. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he, and he's a guy that is going to come in very talented. He's going to be fearless. He's going to have some games where maybe take some shots that feel forced and, and he's maybe going to try to do a little bit too much, but uh, I think that you just kind of want to let him go and hopefully Ty settles in a little bit more. So you don't have to rely on him too much at point guard and, feel like you got to play DGL 25, 30 minutes as your as your one. I do think he can push for a starting spot. I'm not going to say it's going to happen at the start of the season, but as time goes on, he, he's got that capability, especially depending on how Ty uh, progresses at point guard. But you do – the opportunity is there for him to, to make a real imprint on this team. Yes, I've said it before, he's in direct competition with Sincere, with Harmon. I do want to note Har – I think Harmon's been better than what we saw. I mean – he was really kind of invisible in that open yeah. practice last week. Uh, you look at his stat lines, they've been fairly consistent. Uh, he's had some steals, uh, has gotten to the basket. He had a nice transition dunk uh, yesterday where he showed some some athleticism. I, I don't think he's best suited. We talked about it after the open practice of kind of just being a sit-in-the-corner type of guy. But I think he's been a little bit more aggressive uh, than, than what we've seen. So um, DGL is going to have to compete with him for minutes. I'm not saying they can't pair like two of those guys together at the same time but i mean he's gonna he's gonna be a fan favorite because he's a he's a highlight waiting to happen that's exciting the biggest compliment i can give this roster is i feel like their backups can beat their starters in certain days right like the, the guys who are going to back them up and i mean calling dane danger a backup seems ill-equipped but um i mean if coleman hawkins terrence shannon luke goody uh ty rogers and who am i missing quincy Guerrier, say that's your starting lineup like Dane Danger, Marcus Domask, Sincere Harris, uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, and Amani or Justin Harmon. Like 
they can beat him, right? Like that, that, that team can beat him. So I think Harmon's a nice piece. I, and I didn't mean to call him out. Like he's got a nice skill set. Is is an off guard? Maybe not exactly perfectly what you wanted, but man, that guy off your bench is a really nice piece. Put up twenty one points per game in the NIT. I mean, yeah. And again, like he's not going to maybe be. I do think in the second unit he can kind of be more of that. Just let him go and, and try to score. And I, I think if him and Gibbs Lawhorn together, number one, I think those are guys that are going to fly fly around defensively, and I like that about him. Um, and he's just he's a veteran type of player. He's played a lot of basketball games. He's tough. He's gritty. And I, I think you like that about him. And, and just being strong too. I think he's he's a well built guard. Uh, there that it looks like he's you know 23 24 years old too so um, there's no doubt I mean Damask has scored more career points than anybody on this team and he if he's in your second unit Dane we know how he, he can get going inside like that second unit could give the first one a run um, it could be some good battles each day in practice and that's what a coach wants yeah that's why I think the, the floor of this team is is really high all right last one Def key takeaways how nice it is to listen to you guys talking about in-game play again yeah like I'm at the point even with football there I'm sick of talking about what could happen and what is actually happening so to actually have a practice that we got to talk about last week on the podcast and now uh, a game that we got to see uh, from over in Spain to have a live stream don't know if the next game on Sunday the last game will be streamed but it was nice to just see these guys in action and, and be able to talk about it and know a little bit more about what this team looks like awesome it was, it was <laughs> awesome to get, get to see it to know what we were talking about and not to try to just look at a box score and, and, and try to think in your mind how it played out. Um, yeah, it's a 5 a.m. game in terms of Sunday. <laughs> so even if it is streamed, I don't know how many people will be up. If, what, if what's, it's stream, I'll be up watching it. I know over, that. over, under. I'm going to go high here for the over, under. I go over, under 999 and a half at 5 a.m. at tip-off. How, ma- how many do you think are streaming? Yeah, probably over. <laughs> Probably gets a thousand. I do. I, I, I think the Illini fan base is that crazy for basketball crazy. and that hungry for basketball. But that's why we love them. That's why I love Absolutely. you guys. Yeah. And you got to tell you got to tell your boy Bielema that, um, hey, I mean, we got to see a full game of Illini in Spain. Have a little bit more practice. How much more training camp? I, I love special teams, Derek. I love stretching. Um, pliability is really important. And special teams, really important. Uh, I would like to see a little bit, just one-on-ones, uh, maybe a seven-on-seven here or there uh, would, would be nice. But, uh, yeah, I, I asked this question. We had 2,600 people at one point streaming that game. If Illinois football had a open scrimmage streamed live at noon on a Wednesday, how many people do you think are watching? Mm. I said like a 1,000. I think like a 1,000 could tune in for that. But 2,600 people watching a, a basketball scrimmage against Valencia, thats it just tells you the power of Illinois basketball. That's true. You don't think it'd get more than 1,000? You only get two, maybe even maybe. Eclipse it and go three? It's just, the new, if it was like noon on a Saturday, I'd go way over yeah. that, right? But like noon, noon on a Wednesday, there were 2,600 people. Like just, I, I got I got to watch this. I saw people like talking about making wings and drinking beers while, while watching this. Like going out and actually going to get wings, unless they were just sitting in his fridge or something like that. That's that's dedication, man. The power of line of basketball. That's we right. appreciate it, yeah. uh, and uh, I mean, we definitely enjoy it as well. But yeah, yeah I, I think it's awesome, and uh, it's given us something to talk about, which otherwise we'd be uh, we'd be searching here in the just, 
the middle of August. Just box score looking like we uh, looked to open hour the other day. Well, Derek Piper, appreciate the time. As always, man, you can check out his takeaways at Alana Inquirer. Thanks, Derek. Always fun, man. All right. Thank you to everybody for watching on the live YouTube channel. Give us a like. Hit that like button on the way out. Subscribe to us as well. Hit the notifications bell. Thank you to everybody listening on the podcast. Follow us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, check out Derek Piper's takeaways uh, from the scrimmage yesterday. Uh, and you can check out all of our Illinois football training camp coverage. We've got loads of it up at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.